Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. So much. She's a marketing genius, marketing guru. I've been on um, her amazing webcast and um, I'm, I'm honestly just so excited for this conversation today because, uh, like I was just, just telling uh, Angie before we hopped on, I've been following her for a long time. I'm super inspired by uh, her conferences and events and, and all the good stuff she's putting out there. So welcome to the show, Angie. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yes, I am, uh, you know, whenever like-minded women get together, I feel like it's, it's freaking shot in the arm right it's like yeah yes yeah. you're like I feel invincible when we're together you know like, oh I love that I love that yeah then I started creeping on you and I'm like wait this is so cool we need to connect <laughs> I know I know I know like like I said I think I first had uh discovered you through Lori Harder through following her and seeing that she had spoken um at your annual conference last year, I think. And I was like, wait a minute, just check what's going on. Mm. Oh, she has a great podcast. Um, so before we get into all the fun stuff that you do now, take us back. Take us back to how all of this started. I love um, learning people's backstory and, and what it took to get them where they're at because I think we can get so sucked into, oh, my God, everyone is so successful and I'm the only one that's not. Um, so I think it's always so important for, for us to hear, like, how things started. It doesn't, doesn't start overnight, does it? Yeah, I love that. And I think we live in this culture right now where it's the highlight reel culture. So everybody uh-huh. has nine figures, six kids, they're ripped, and they live in Hawaii, and they have a per- the perfect life, right? <laughs> and they hardly work. Right? Oh, yeah, they just yeah. Look good. laptop lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Living on residual income somehow, and you don't work. But it's like we all know you got to work, even if it's residual. So it's it's yep. interesting. I started, gosh, eleven years ago. I was nineteen years old in my college dorm room, and I hated college and was always rebellious. Hated rules. Hated school. Didn't do well because I was always creating things, starting businesses. Always very entrepreneurial, and I always felt really trapped and lost in college. And so I started a health blog, and I was bored and didn't know what else to do. Obviously, at the time, I didn't know how it was going to make money. I was $100,000 in debt, and I thought, oh, maybe someone will buy an ebook. Maybe someone will buy my, my workout program. Maybe somebody will want to work with me. But again, I was dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome because I was 19 years old. Who's going to buy from a 19-year-old health coach, right? So, mm-hmm. But at the time, me being me, I was like, whatever, I'm already in debt. I'm ready to quit school. I don't have a resume. I don't have a degree. I hated all of my corporate jobs. So I quit pretty much everything within one week. I was like, buy school, wow. buy corporate job, got some random side jobs, and became obsessed with digital marketing. And gosh, anyone listening who is in digital marketing or makes money with the internet, this beautiful invention of the internet, once you've had your first taste of making money on the internet, it's kind of hard to go back, you know? And so right. my first ebook was, I think, $60. And then I had a, um, my, my first ebook was $60. And then I had ad space on my blog for 40 bucks. And I remember I made my first $100 online. And I was like, 
oh my God, I'm loaded. Like this, this is it. I'm, <laughs> you're like, I just I'm money set for, doing for life. life. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> when you're 20 years old, a hundred bucks is pretty amazing. Okay. And when you're broke eating gross college food and you're a hundred thousand dollars in debt. So I called my mom and I'm like, listen, I'm going to make money on the internet. It's going to be great. I'm going to have this profession. People aren't going to go to health um, people aren't going to hire nutritionists anymore. They're going to work with health coaches online. And she's like, okay, you're crazy, whatever. Little did we know now, 11 years later, the technological revolution literally changed commerce and connection forever. And yep. literally the world will never be the same. But 11 years ago, people thought I was kind of crazy. They're like, just go to school, get a degree, do the right thing, get the 401k. And so for me, it was, it was really scary and it was different. And I was broke and I made money here and there online until I, really became obsessed with digital marketing and put my face, put my head down. I put my blinders on. I watched every single YouTube video. I listened to every single podcast on how to create a sales page and funnels and these things that I had no idea what they were. And I grew my health coaching business. Well, fast forward, women started messaging me and emailing me saying, hey, you're really good at marketing. How are you doing it? And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a thing. You can teach other people how you then marketed online and how right. you built your online business. So what naturally happened is women started reaching out saying, you have this natural talent for marketing, teach me how you're doing it. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll do this. So on the side, I started helping women with their offers, their website, their branding, their marketing. And then the next thing you know, four or five years later, have a podcast, have an event. It just kind of <laughs> blew up because of messy, imperfect action and a lot of consistency. And from that, I birthed an e-commerce brand. I have a CBD line. I have live events. I have a show. I speak, I have a book coming out. I mean, all from really from the first day I pressed post on a blog at 19 years old and decided to share my life publicly on the internet and build, build a brand, yep. which was not, following in, not your intentional. Intuition. Yeah, yeah following I your just intuition. followed my gut instinct. And I'll be honest, it wasn't intentional. I didn't know it would become a business. I just knew I loved sharing my life and I loved helping women. And here we are 11 years later. I, I love so much about that, and obviously I relate a ton to that because I started as a blogger, so pretty kind of similar story. I started in uh, 2009 when I first put my blog out. didn't even know what a blog was, never once read one. Um, and, and same thing, like never, ever planned on that being my career. I was in corporate. I was like, no, I'll do this. But something really key I think that you mentioned that I think any of the listeners uh, hearing this pay attention to this because it, it was true for me. <clears throat> it sounds like it was true for you too. You, people started coming to you saying, hey, you bring value to me in this area. You're really good at this thing. And I don't know about for you, but for me, I didn't even really realize I was good at that thing until so many people kept asking, asking, asking that almost from a necessity standpoint, I was like, how can I put out this information so I'm not answering these questions individually all the time, which is kind of how it started leading to, you know, my book and courses and, and other things. Um, but so many people don't lean into that thing that they're good at. How did you kind of make that yeah. – or did you ever have, like, an aha moment of, hey, maybe this is the thing. Maybe it's not necessarily health coaching. Maybe it's this thing that everyone is coming to me for that I should pay more attention to. Yeah, I love that you say that because I believe when we just keep following our gut and – taking messy and perfect action, it will, will, like, clarity comes through action, right? So eventually it's going to come to you, but you have to at least be willing to put yourself out there. So I remember the first girl who emailed me 
for marketing coaching, I had no idea this was even a thing five, six years ago. Now it's trendy and a lot of people are in it, but I didn't even know it was a world or a thing. So right. I, I literally remember saying to her, yeah, $200. I sent her a PayPal request for $200 for like 16 hours of coaching. Like, right. Well, I, just, <laughs> I didn't know like what $10 an hour. <laughs> Literally, I didn't know. I was like, I'm 25. Is this a world? Is this a thing? Little did I know it's a whole world, but I didn't know. So I was like, yeah, 200 bucks for 16 hours of coaching. Let's go. This is going to be great. Like, we, we've got this. And I helped her. And then I realized, wow, if I could help one woman with this, I can help hundreds. And I just started sharing my passion and my obsession for marketing. I love marketing because I love humans and I love psychology. And I love knowing why do people buy things? Why do they not buy things? And I think when you're obsessed with humans, you're usually obsessed with marketing because marketing is just communication. It's just how we communicate, right. how we persuade people in, in obviously the best and ethical ways, but the art of persuasion the art of why humans do what they do, that's really my jam. And how you put your message out there. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and how how you get it together. Yeah, I think um, what I what I really love about this, and I want to pause on it for just a second because it's something that I hear a lot, especially from women, is a lot of times we'll start out with the thing. So for instance, you started out um, you know, as a health coach, saying, Okay, this is where I'm gonna build my brand, this is what I'm all excited about, this is what I know about, whatever. And then your openness to putting in work and kind of seeing where, where the value was and where it was starting to pay off for you may take you down totally a different road. And mm-hmm. so many times mm-hmm. I think people are very, very set on, oh, it's that initial thing. You know, if I don't become the celebrity health coach, then I'm a failure. And then I just stop doing everything and go hide in a hole. It's like, yeah. no, our dreams change. Our dreams grow. And that's part of yeah. what successful people do is they start recognizing what their strengths are and what they're good at. Um, and most of the time, at least I've, I've always found this to be true, it's also something that you really like. You know, it, like you said, it wasn't something you initially thought about. You didn't even know it was a thing. But the more you kind of did it and the more you helped people, the more high you get from it because you're helping someone, right? And you're like, oh, my God, I just, I just helped her actually turn this into a real business where she's actually really making money and it can change yeah, her life. Yeah, it's um, so true because yeah, I've always thing. loved, since a little girl, I always loved psychology. So that's so true. I loved studying humans. I love studying a billboard. Like, why do people read this billboard? Why don't they read this one? I just love marketing and I love communication. So it is funny that sometimes it's the thing that you've always loved, but you didn't realize that that would be the thing that you ended up doing. And yeah, you don't know till you're in it, right? It's like messy action. You don't find the clarity till you're in it. So I just kept following what I thought was the path to become the next celebrity health coach and was sad when that didn't happen. But now I'm like, Oh, but I I'm happy now in this as well. So I think happiness is, is subjective and it's always changing and it's okay if the dream changes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And being aware, I think that is so huge, paying attention to your gut instincts and kind of following those instincts. Because, you know, when I when I started putting out my story um, and started sharing some of my future boards and more and more people were like, hey, wait, what are you doing with this? Because I've made a vision board and it never worked. And why are like every day I come on your feed and you're, you're sharing something else that manifests. This is crazy. What's going on? And I'm telling you, I had written the first book um, and it was two years after the first book came out and 
thousands of people from around the world had been asking me about future boards. And I mentioned future boards in the first book. And it had never dawned on me to write a book about it. <laughs> I was wow. that, like, blind to my thing, which is, sounds crazy, wow. I know. But that's why I'm so passionate about exposing this for people to start to see this. Like, man, I wish I had been more awake and more it, – it literally took thousands of people saying, tell me how to build future boards specifically. Like, that's what I want to know about before I was like, maybe I should do this as a webinar. Maybe I should have a workshop. Oh, shit, maybe I should write a book. You know, like, I felt like I was the thickest human ever because it, it was such, took so many kind of, like, beatings over the head for me to get it. Um, because I was, I was like, no, it has to be all eight steps. It has to be this other thing that I'm doing. So thank you so much for, for sharing that um, your dream can, can morph and you can be really great at something that you never necessarily set out to do. Because, ladies, I know there's, there's some of you out there because I work with so many of you that say that same thing, like, what is my thing? And I'm always like, listen, just start. It's going to come to you. It will call you. It will, like, pull you in its direction. Um, yeah, amen. And, 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 and seeing how it has for you. Yeah, amen. And that's literally why I'm ready and ready as a lie. You pretty much just, you pretty much just wrote the book in, in five seconds because that's, that's really what it's about is starting before you're ready and knowing that your dreams will shift and that's okay and you don't know till you get there. It's like you don't know how to ride a bike till you start riding a bike. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And, so like, and you don't get good at it unless you're actually out there doing it. Like that's, yep. that's how you learn. That's how you get better. You mentioned a little bit about um, imposter syndrome when you started, and I think like that's like one of the biggest buzzwords <laughs> of our of our last probably two three years. I, I feel like, but what what does it really mean, and how did you move past that? Because again, that's one of those things that people will be like, "Oh, I suffer from that, so therefore I can't start. Therefore I can't do." What did you do to to move? from feeling that way into literally being a known expert. Yeah, imposter syndrome. This is this is everything, right? And gosh, when when you were talking about even shifting dreams, I know the woman listening is thinking, "Well, who am I to do that? Like who am I to teach marketing at 25 years old?" I was like, who, "What what I got to wait till I'm 50 and then I'll be good enough to teach marketing and business, right? Because you have right. to be older to do that. And so I think I dealt with a lot of, am I too young to do this? Am I not smart enough to do this? I don't have a college degree. Who's going to listen to me until I realized that you don't need a college degree or a certain age to be good at something and to bring value to people and to realize that you only need to be a few steps ahead of someone to help them. Right. And you have to realize yes. that. And, yeah. You don't have so to be perfect one, to help someone. <laughs> yeah. I think knowing you don't have to be perfect to help someone. And then Number two, realizing, gosh, after you've interviewed and spent time with enough successful people, you'll realize that nobody knows what they're doing. And number two, everyone just kind of did their best and, <laughs> and put the pieces together as, as they went, right? Nobody was like, all right, I'm an expert, and now I'm going to go be an amazing health coach because I know everything and I have all the knowledge in the world. Let's go. Like, that's not <laughs> exactly. That's not how it or happens. those people that did, no one, no one wants to hire them, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no one wants to hire that person who's like, yeah. I am God in this area. You know, I think that's the other thing that we get so scared of. Like, oh, if I don't know everything, I can't start. But then also, you know, it's and and I hear this 
I train life coaches, and they're like, well, my life isn't perfect. And I'm like, welcome to the shit show. I mean, hello. Like, my life is not perfect either. But what what it is is I am learning, adapting quicker every single time, and then I'm teaching what I'm learning. And that's what you did, right? You you taught as you learned. You're like, hey, this worked. That didn't work. This this will get you there faster. And anyone listening who, who can do that in whatever space you're at, that's your calling. That's your gift because that is what people want. How did you do it faster? How did you do it better? How did you do it so yeah. that you got a result? Yeah, I think we're all waiting for a permission slip too, right? So I had to realize that nobody's going to knock on my door and hand me a permission slip that says, okay, Angie, you're good enough now. You're good enough to help another woman with her online business and marketing and realizing that if you've accomplished something yourself, even at a small scale, that makes you an expert in some capacity. So it's not a certification. It's not a triple master's in business. It's doing the thing yourself and actually getting messy with it. So I realized, wow, I understand digital marketing at a fundamental and the, the psychological level of it. Can I teach this to one other human? Okay, can I teach this to two humans now? And then it just kept growing. And then I learned as I went because I got feedback from people and I started to notice patterns. And any great coach or leader or mentor will notice there's patterns in humans. We're all very unique, but also very the same. And so yep, yep. There's, there's patterns in our pains. There's patterns in our struggles. And so I started to see them and I realized, wow, this is a big pain point. A lot of life coaches, small business owners, side hustlers, they are very talented and passionate, but they don't know shit when it comes to putting their themselves out there yep. online. And they're, and they're terrified. So the one good thing going for me is I'm not a perfectionist. I definitely have dealt with comparison and imposter syndrome and a bunch of other fears, but the fear gremlin I don't have is perfectionism. So I'm super open to just throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it will stick. So I think that was such an advantage in entrepreneurship and it will always be on, on my journey of entrepreneurship because I'm not afraid to look stupid and I'm not afraid to suck a little bit. I'm not afraid for nobody to sign up for something. I mean, my first launches, they weren't successful. It's, three people signed up is bad. And then five people and then 10 people. And my first event was 30 girls at a yoga studio in Chicago because I was broke and I couldn't afford a stadium. And now I have 3000 people, but that didn't happen overnight. And I had to first be willing to do it for only a few, few people. So I think it's also having this grace and this giving yourself love and almost like this acceptance of it's not going to look super sexy when you start and that's okay. And I think that was something I had to work on too. Oh, and that's so huge, so huge, so huge. And I hope everyone listening is taking notes because it's, I have the same story, you know, <laughs> exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I, you know, starting my email list when I didn't have anybody on there and, you know, doing big borrowing and stealing <laughs> to try and get people to come to my first events and, and buy tickets and just all of those things. And I think um, I'm, I'm the same in that I will try whatever. I will, you know, that's a hustler in me. Like, I'm going to throw spaghetti at the wall all day because something's going to eventually stick. And having mm-hmm. that grace with ourselves to, to be like, you know what, if, if my vision and my dream is, is clear enough and is exciting enough for me, then I don't care how many times I fall down. It's just part of getting me there, you know. So what was it like to take that first risk, I want to say, because I'm sure it felt pretty risky, uh, to do a conference. Because I've, I've had a couple larger live events, and man, that's the scariest shit in the whole world from every possible perspective, <laughs> from an event planning perspective, yeah. from just, it's mm. a lot. So 
talk to us about like how that became what it is now. Yeah, it takes a ton of grace and grit and resources and peeing your pants before you go on stage. And it just, it takes a lot of dropping your ego and realizing, holy crap, not only do I have to host this party, then I have to be energized for two, three days. I mean, it's a ton of Mm -hmm. work. I'm super honest about it with women. It's not sexy. It's not glamorous. Pays to be brave. The last one cost me, you know, a quarter of a million dollars to host. I mean, it's not a fun little game anymore. It's definitely become a big business. And I kind of, part of me wishes it was back to like $50 overhead in a little yoga studio and some chips for snacks. But um, it, it grew into Bro, I feel you. <laughs> it grew into something bigger. Sometimes when it gets bigger, you're like, can I just go back to how it started? Like, oh, but right, um, right. Yeah, I had this idea because a few years ago, I was in the shower and that's where I get all my ideas. And I was like, okay, you have these super masculine digital marketing events where it's very left brain, very strategic and kind of boring, and I'm allergic to boring. So I was like, okay, why isn't there a really cool business event for women that's like Tony Robbins meets, digital marketing meets, entrepreneurship. And so I'm in the shower, and of course, I'm like, if someone isn't doing it, I got to do it. So, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to do it, not knowing shit about events, not knowing anything. I thought you just invite some people on social, you get a few balloons, you're good, right? You just get a, a DJ, you're fine. <laughs> right. Little did I know, I get on this, uh, I get on the, I get on a call with my friend who connects me with this, I think it was Lori, yeah, I think it, okay, so the first step I did is I called Lori, our mutual friend Lori Harder, and she connected me with Lori. a planner, who connected me with a planner or something, and I'm so grateful for this call, I'm like all excited, I'm like, this is going to be the best, it's going to be an event about bravery, I don't even have a title, but this is great, I'm all excited, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, right, so I'm like, let's go, it's going to be a party. Okay, it didn't go well. She's like, okay, this is going to take five months to plan. This is going to be, you know, $50,000. This is going to be great. Right. You're going to have to, I was like, oh, man, Up this front. is so much work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. I'm going to quit. But then I was like, no, let me try it at least once. So did it once, loved it, found that I have a gift for party planning, I guess you could say in a sense, not, maybe not the planning, but the hosting of it. Because if you guys know the Enneagram, if right. you're I love fun. I love experiences. I'm literally just driven by fun. Like that is my middle name. So for me, I was like, this is great. It's like a business party and there's going to be a ball pit. And so I went all out. And so the last, gosh, three years have been nuts, just planning them, having all these pays to be brave that ended up being so great and successful. But on the back end, you know, they, they were exhausting and a lot of work. And I'm, I'm now because of COVID in a situation where we have to take a break. And I'm also kind of realizing it's nice in a sense, because it's just a lot to always be planning a wedding times a hundred. Like yes, it's, exactly. It's a lot. Yep. And I'm kind of like, I need a second to breathe because it moves fast. And I swear the planning process, five months is nothing. Like I've literally planned the last one. It took a year of planning because it was so many moving pieces with speakers and yep. content and, and, and the AV team and AV is so expensive. It's just so much that people don't see. And so now I have so much respect for any woman who wants to, put on a live experience because, man, if you want to keep it simple. It is the scariest thing. Yeah. It It, is so scary. It's the scariest thing I've ever done. Oh, yeah. I mean, now now that I've done it, I realize that online courses are so, quote, unquote, easy compared to live events. That's what COVID taught me. It's like, bitch, why are you doing live events? Get online, man. I know. I know. I'm like, why did I stress about webinars? This is nothing compared to what I just went through. So, 
yeah, if you're listening and you want to do one, I don't want this to scare you. I just want you to know it's it's hard work. It's very fulfilling, but it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work. <laughs> so yeah, and it and here's the thing. I think most women who want to start one and probably, I would guess, I didn't anyway, know anyone else who's done anything like this. So I I did three years in a row um, what I called the Women's Empowerment Dinner, and I I really wanted something that didn't feel self healthy, but was just got women in a city together to support each other, definitely business, you know, women. But I also wanted them to feel super pampered. I did this full, it was was a wedding. It was a total fucking wedding. It was like a three-course sit-down dinner and open bar and just like, it was this whole thing. Oh, shit, Um, this is a wedding. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, it was a full-on wedding. I was like, this is where I guess I'm marrying myself. Um, But, yeah, so then I was like, okay, I don't, I you know, I'm changing it up for the next two years, but I didn't know anyone, not one person who had ever done anything like that. I had no idea kind of what I was going into. And then last year, Lori Harder spoke at the last one. And that, that last one was, I was like, okay, this is the last time I'm doing this. I'll do something else in the future, but this one can go to bed now. Um, but I was so grateful to her because listeners, if, if you want um, great events to go to, go to It Pays to Be Brave and go to Lori's tribe one those are two beautiful um live events and and i had been um to Lori's, and she was so gracious and open in telling me hey it's hard for me too and she's done it for like seven years you know um and i just needed that i needed that from another woman to say like this is hard i question myself when i do this i think i'm crazy lots of people around me think i'm crazy um but this is what i get out of it and that to me was, it was really pivotal because I just needed to hear that. I needed to hear it wasn't just me that felt like a failure doing ones that, you know, weren't making money and were causing me to go into debt and whatever um, to to get this message out. And I think we have to be a little bit willing to do that and to even look like we failed on paper a couple of times and whatever, you know, whatever we have to do to kind of learn um, these lessons and get out there and put our put our ideas into the world, you know. Yeah, and how else do we know? <laughs> yeah, and you realize how resilient you are. I mean, I knew shit about planning an event. I've never once planned a big event. I had very small events that didn't require an actual planner. I didn't even know what event planner was a thing until two and a half years ago. Yet I've somehow built one of the largest female personal development events. So. For you ladies listening, like, guys, I didn't know anything, and I just jumped in. I Googled stuff. I hired a planner. She taught me everything. I did, gosh, the first year of it, I probably didn't, I did do way more than I should have. I did not stay in my zone of genius. It was me basically doing all of it, marketing, promotion, planning, Same. all of it, right? <laughs> yep. I mean, it was, it was not sexy. I wore all the hats, but it really taught me whether I do it every single year for the rest of my life or I never do it again. What it taught me is that if you want something, you can figure it out. You can figure oh it out God, with amen. Google and some, some friends who can tell you who to call. You are always one phone call away or one Google search away from the answer. You can figure it out. Y'all, I hope you heard that. You mm-hmm. can figure it out. I don't care what it is. Like, mm-hmm. And I love the title of your, your new book. Um, and can you tell me a little bit about um, – Ready is a lie. Like, what what have you learned with that, and what tips can you give us to stop waiting for ready? Yeah, I thought of this book idea, gosh, a year and a half ago on a plane. I was 
thinking to myself, okay, if I ever wrote a book, what would it be about? Like, what would be my TED Talk? What would be my one thing that I would tell a young, ambitious woman in an elevator if she was like, give me the one secret to success or entrepreneurship? I would literally look over at her and say, ready is a lie. You will never be ready. And then I would walk out of the elevator. So I was like, oh, my God, that has to be what the book's about, this entire Mm -hmm. concept of every successful friend I've had, interview I've done. I've hung out with successful people and who have, you know, all this money and blah, 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 like fancy schmancy. And the biggest thing you'll learn with them is they're not perfect. They took messy action. Usually you'll notice if you listen to the interviews of them, they, they had no idea what they were doing. If you guys have never listened to the show, How I Built This, it's so great. And, and literally, I don't even know if the, the guy who hosts the show knows this, but almost every single successful person who's on that show, like billionaires of DTC lines will say, we didn't really know what we were doing, but we just started. So it's like, wait, why are we not talking about this secret that success is actually for the bold who don't know what the heck they're doing, right? So my entire book, which we're in the process right now of finishing soon, is about the concept of imperfect action, starting messy. You're never going to be ready. Ready is the biggest lie and myth you've ever been told since you were a kid. You think you have to have your ducks in a row, your finances in a row, everything needs to be perfect before you start. And it's really diving into imposter syndrome and perfectionism and why I think there are so many brilliant people out there who aren't doing crap because they're afraid to look stupid. And oh, it's my really God, so not true. the smartest woman, but it's the woman who's brave enough to answer or it's the, it's, it's not the smartest person in the room who has success. It's the person who was right. brave enough to just knock on the door and say, I'm here. Like, that's literally what success is, right? So this book is for the ambitious woman who's ready to give herself permission to just do it messy. Try. <laughs> do it Try. Messy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I love, love this concept. I think it is something that is absolutely not talked about enough. Um, and it's probably one of the biggest hang-ups you know, in in the coaching that I do, it is probably the thing that comes up most often. Uh, mm-hmm. Is well, you know, I I just don't I just don't know, or I just don't have the certification, or like you said, I don't have um, the education, or whatever. And and for those of you listening, I taught myself how to life coach. <laughs> I, yeah. I came up with my own method. Like I created my own method for success based on what I was doing and what I was sharing that was working for other people. I invented it for myself. You know, um, yep. so anything that you have an idea or a dream to do, you can make it happen and you can make it your own way. Yep. You don't yep. have to follow a mold of, you know, everybody else who's doing it a certain way. And I think that is another one of those um, blocks that women especially talk themselves into is like, hey, all the people that I follow on Insta or whatever – you know, have all these followers and they're already successful. So I can't, you know, just now start an Instagram account or I can't just now. So can you give us one or two just solid tips on, on that? Like what have you done to help grow um, your Instagram and, and what's a good marketing technique for somebody who is like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this. I'm going to launch my business. I'm creating a, a new business account on Insta. And, uh, <laughs> what should we do? Yeah, the first two things I would do is, one, of course, know your niche and your positioning. Know who is this page for because it's actually not about you. It's confusing because it says bio and it's your username, but really the account is for the woman or the man that you're serving. And the more selfless you can be in this content, 
And as a marketer, the more you're going to win. So one, knowing, okay, who is this you're speaking to? Is this women over 40 who are dealing with XYZ problem? Is this millennials? I mean, who is this? What's the pain point? Obviously, study some niche training if you can to really figure out who is that that you're speaking to because Instagram has become so oversaturated now that if you try to speak to everyone, you're obviously going to speak to no one. So one, niche and positioning, always, always, always. That's my obsession to teach. I love niche training. And then number two is creating shareable organic content. So I've grown my account completely organically from what's called shareable content. And what I mean by this is you're creating such valuable educational or entertaining content that Susie wants to tag Becky in it, right? And then Becky shares with her friend and she shares it onto her wall and shares it onto her story. So I'm not as concerned with likes as I am with shares. And that's really important to keep in mind, especially in 2020, everyone's obsessed with likes, but I would be looking at your analytics and be looking at shares and see if you can create content such as infographics, quotes, educational how-to videos, really positioning yourself as a leader, a teacher, someone of value on your page and really realizing that if it's good content, it spreads. Like good stuff does spread. Yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes consistency. But eventually someone tags their friend, who tags their friend, who tags their friend, and it spreads. And so I'm always asking myself, is this piece of content shareable? Is this something that people would actually want to read and then share with their friends? So that's how I grew it organically. And then I've always really, really known who I'm speaking to. I know this girl at the back of my hand. She's my virtual bestie. I know what she needs. I know what she thinks is funny. I know because she, she's me, right? A lot of the, the qualities that she has, I have as well. And I know where she's at because I've been there. I've been at ground zero in debt, didn't know even what a landing page was, right? So I think knowing who you're speaking to is the most valuable thing you can do. And then creating shareable content, bringing value to the internet. You can't just show a picture of your dog and expect a million followers. Right. You, you have to bring value. It's, it's, it's great that you love your cats and your dog, but people aren't on your page for that unless you truly are a celebrity or an influencer. They're there for value. They're there for education. They're there to change their life, get healthier, get wealthier. They're there for something. So first figure yeah. out what is the thing that you want to be known for. And authenticity. Can you yeah. talk a little bit yeah. about that? I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. people talk yeah. people talk about it a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be authentic, whatever. But it's way harder to do than you think it is. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. whenever I'm, I am posting something that I'm like, oh, this is probably too vulnerable, too open, too whatever, I'm probably going to regret this. Those are always the ones that connect the most uh, with people, you know, so – did you ever face, I guess, a fear of that? And how, you know, how did you and do you remain authentic to you to build that audience of like-minded? Oh, I love this question because this is actually my favorite thing to do. I mean, listen, marketing is great. Teaching women how to make money and, and have financial freedom is great. But my favorite DM, my favorite email, my favorite feedback that I, you know, my favorite thing to hear that I'm helping people with is authenticity. And my favorite DM is a woman saying, listen, you've inspired me to just be weird. And you inspired me to be fully me, whatever that looks like. And you inspire me to be goofy or be silly or whatever's authentic for her, right? And I think that to me is that success, that's happiness is just living fully expressed. And on our last day, that's going to be the only thing you have is is your authenticity. And you're going to wish that you were more of you, right? So for me, I think that what happened is I got into this marketing space. I'm going to give you guys a specific example that is usually seen as very serious, you know, internet marketing, and it's very serious and dry, and 
it can be a little boring and I'm super weird and comedy is my, my cornerstone of my brand. And so for me, I was like, Oh, why isn't there anyone teaching this in a fun way? And I was super nervous. Like I'm teaching marketing. I can't also have poop jokes. I can't also be silly. Right. Because who's going to buy from me and realizing that maybe that's actually my superpower is that I am weird. And that I'm also smart, right? Can you be weird and smart? Yes, you can. You can do both. And so I had this fear of like, Oh my God, women won't take me seriously if I'm cracking a poop joke and then I'm teaching a marketing tip not realizing that's actually my gift. And so a lot of times what you're afraid of doing and who you're afraid of being is actually the thing that's going to make you stand out and grow. And my brand grew the minute I was super unfiltered, super me, super weird. I don't care anymore. I, I'm done trying to look super polished on stories and videos, and I'm done just over editing. I'm just done with all that. And you get tired of pretending, you know. And I think oh my God, especially yeah. when you're in a position of, of leadership and influence, like I'm really paid to be myself. So if I don't get to be me – I don't want to do this. Like I didn't sign up to be an actress. I signed up to just share my life with women and help them out. So I think now at 30, I've realized like, wow, if I don't get to be paid to be me fully, I'd rather do something else because just like you as a leader, you, you're not being an actress. You're being you and that's enough and that's great. And if it's not for somebody, then they're not your person. And I think the older exactly. we get, this, this gets easier, I hope. You know, it's like just, just taking in the fact that you're not for everybody, which is great. And just be fully you online that's what the internet needs. The internet doesn't need more of all the, you know, the internet doesn't need more of everybody posting the same quote and looking the same and posing next to the tree and everyone looks perfect. Like they're going to prom and their, their brand photos, the same website, like everyone's kind of doing the same shit. And I'm like, somebody's got to just be different. Right. So if you can be different, be that because you're going to, I just think the online world needs it. They just need, it just needs it, you know? And and it's our, that is the thing because, you know, people will say, oh, there's too much competition, right? And I always say there is no competition for you at all. Mm-hmm. Like you are literally the only person on this entire planet that has your story, your looks, your everything. And so if you're trying to be somebody else, then yeah, I mean, why bother? Honestly, it's way too much work. and <laughs> It's very exhausting. Um, but if you can yeah. can share you, share your story, share what you've been through, that is never going to have competition because it's always going to be unique. And, and I don't know, I, th- I think if more women were able to really see that and see what they bring that is unique, then it, it's going to almost naturally kind of eliminate a little bit of that fear. It doesn't get rid of it altogether, obviously. But um, that, to me, has always been like my pivot point or my, my grounding point, I guess, is all the time asking myself, am I being 100% Sarah? <laughs> Not a version of Sarah people want to see. And, you know, all the time I'll, I get messages, especially when my book first came out, where people are like, well, you really shouldn't say that because now you have a book out. I'm like, bitch, if you think that's what I shouldn't do, then you should probably unfollow me. Because yeah. <laughs> I was Sarah before I wrote a book. I'm Sarah after I wrote a book. I'm Sarah in between. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think authors do one thing, go follow those types of authors. Because I'm not going to stop being me if I have 10,000 books or a TV show. I don't give a shit. But it takes a while to kind of get there. And if you don't have that clarity in the beginning, and back when I started my blog, my tagline was um, a chick on a mission to prove anything is possible for anyone. And so I, from day one, was never trying to be anybody. It was like I'm just a random chick who's trying to figure this shit out, and I'm on a mission that could work for you too. And so that's honestly really helped me a lot. I don't, I don't know if that's something that you talk to women about too, is like kind of finding what that, um, 
core maybe value is or or um because I think as you grow, sometimes you need to have something like that to go back to, to check yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Do, you know what, do you know what I mean? Has that ever happened to you where you're like, I'm, I'm glad I know what I'm out here for so I don't get maybe swept away or make other decisions that are kind of off course? Yeah, I think that, gosh, I love this. In, inauthenticity is exhausting, right? So at the end of the day, I've tried to be someone else. Sounds like you have too. We all have at certain points in our career. And at the end of the day, it just mm-hmm. ends up backfiring. And I think God, universe, source, Gus, whatever you want to call it, it knows when you're not being authentic. It knows when you're not being real. So the more that you can just tune into that and, and, and say, I'm going to say what I want to say because that's true for me, or I'm not going to say this because that's not true for me. I think there's so much beauty in that polarization and in that authenticity. And I know authenticity is like a super trendy word right now, but I think right. it just means being fully you and, and knowing that you're enough and you don't need to change or look like a certain girl or have your website look like hers or your Instagram look like hers in order to be successful. If anything, you actually want it completely different to stand different, out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been, it's been hard because I think there were seasons where I thought my podcast show should sound like that. And my, my book, I mean, now with a book coming out, I'm like, I don't know what I'm about to do. I've, I've not wrote a book yet. This is a new yeah. venture. This is a new thing for me. And I'm comparing myself to a bunch of other female personal development authors thinking, oh, does my cover need to look like that? Because that, that book did well. Does, my, does that need to look like that? Instead of, being, instead of asking myself, Angie, what do you just want to put out into the world? Who cares about the rules? When, when did you ever follow the rules? Never. Okay, so why are you going to follow the rules now? Oh, that's right. And so I think in this world of life coaching, personal development, digital marketing, there's so many rules, and I've never followed them, and that's been my advantage. So why now would I start doing that? So I think I always come back to be your full self. It's not worth it. It's not. And then two, why, you never followed the rules before, so go ahead and keep making your own. And that's always been the superpower. So, yeah, you have I to have love something that. to come back to. Yeah, I love that that you started with that you can always kind of um, answer to almost a little bit. And and speaking of which, this kind of leads to um, something that I think you were open about on on your Instagram. You were authentic about um, the last couple weeks, right? You you took a break um, from it for a while. There's so much going on in our country right now. the Black Lives Matter movement is um, something that, you know, I'm passionate about. It's something that I think a lot of us um, online who have a, a following, um, a lot of people didn't know what the right thing to say was. We, you know, want to support. We want to lend um, help to voices and things like that. So can you talk to us a little bit about um, what you have gone through and um, learned and and how that process has been for you of, of stepping away and, um, you know, taking a moment and processing all of this. Yeah, I think it's been, gosh, it's been so beautiful. I've loved stepping away from social media. It's been probably one of the most blissful needed things I needed in my, <laughs> in my life. So one, I highly suggested for any leader or creative, you can't always be listening to the noise. Sometimes you need to step back to listen actually and to hear better. So knowing that, we all obviously need to take this time to reset with Corona plus what, you know, just happened with Black Lives Matter. It's so important for us to all take a second, breathe, right? Like literally breathe for a second and, mm-hmm. and ask yourself, what can we do better? What can we learn? What can we unlearn? How can we help? And I think, you know, I think a lot of that doesn't happen on this app of social media. A lot of that's offline with your team, your family, a person in your yeah. home. 
Yeah, it's birthing your home, and and I believe that what's going with your on. Friends. Yeah, yeah, conversations with your friends and realizing that we're all doing our best. We all are trying to figure out what is the best thing to do. We all learn at a different pace. We all grow at a different pace. We all we all are just on a different journey, and that's okay. And and I think this. We think we can respect the cause, but also realize that a lot of what happened in the cancel culture and things like that is not okay. And, I, and that doesn't cause unity. That actually is completely the opposite of what we were fighting for. And so I'm huge on realizing that we can use our platforms for good and for positivity and change. And, and, and then, you know, a lot of people are very sad and hurt, of course, are going to use it for, for not that. And I think there needs to be discussions around how can we use social media in a powerful way. And so, but again, it's, it's a hard, right. it's a hard thing to tackle, right? No one knows what's right and what's wrong on social and you just got to do what's best for you at the end of the day and know that I know my heart, I know my intentions and uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it could be, it's, it's it could crazy. be a lot. I think, I think people assume, you know, Oh, if you're used to being on all the time, it's no big deal. And you don't mm-hmm. take kind of anything personal anymore. And I want to say, mm-hmm. like, if if Mary and wherever <laughs> feels personal when she's putting something on her Facebook and it's only her friends, it feels the same, you know, if I'm doing it and there's 5,000 people I don't know on my Facebook. It feels the same, yep. you know. And so yep. um, it, it makes you question everything when you have posts that get no interaction. It makes you think, oh, my God, I'm not relevant anymore. What I have to say sucks or maybe everyone disagrees with me and they're just too afraid to say it or you know all of that it doesn't go away no matter how many followers you have it and so I think kind of being able to know where it fits in the scheme of life is super important and to know like hey this is affecting my mental health it's time to take a break and get like into reality or take a minute or you know get my own head right for a second um and i think that's yeah super important whether you have a lot of followers or whether you don't if it's starting to affect how you feel or feel about yourself or whatever like take that time right you know yeah yeah i mean listen no matter what is going on in the world i won't I mean, cyberbullying has been one of my passions for years. I mean, there's 10-year-old children who kill themselves over cyberbullying, and that's not okay. And, and right. now, especially with COVID, anxiety is on the rise, depression's on the rise, and these are serious issues as well. So it's, it's really discussing mental health. And, you know, Gary Vee said it best, there's two ways to build a tall building. You're going to go build your own, put in the hard work and do it, or you're going to tear down the other building so you have the tallest one. And I'm not available for the second. I never have. I don't have mm-hmm. time for it. And if someone gosh, if you're listening to this and someone's judged you based on your marriage, faith, your business, your body, your whatever, there's so many things people could be judging you on it every second, every day by just using their thumbs. Well, that's, that's, that's about them. It's not about you. And it shouldn't stop you ever. And I think we need to send love and compassion to, to people that are hurt enough to do that. You have to be super yep. hurt to do that. And so, you know, gosh, there was a, a big couple in the personal development space who recently just got a divorce and just seeing those comments. I mean, I'm just, I'm a comedian, right? So I'm like cracking up laughing at like, I thought you were, you know, like, 
what the heck? You let me down. Like she was their best friend or something. And she was now a, <laughs> it's like, really? Know, like, 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 yeah, it's like, guys, don't put people, like, why are you putting someone on a pedestal of like, you're, you're not only you have to be a relationship expert, but you also have to be a business expert and you have to be a political expert and you better be all these things. Cause you, I idolize you. Like it's hilarious. It's, ridiculous we these are humans like it's not your life who cares move on and there's <laughs> you know? this beautiful thing you guys called yeah. a block button i know i right? am such a huge i don't care what people's beliefs are about like if you should let everyone say whatever the fuck they yeah they can say that all over the internet knock yourself mm-hmm. out do it on your own do it wherever you're not going to put negative shit on my end that's just the way to it want yeah, to surround myself with it. positive people who are trying to mm-hmm. change and uplift their lives. And if you're not that, then you're not my audience. And I mm-hmm. don't have to have that negativity. And that's just the way it yeah. is. <laughs> like, amen. No, people I'm, are so I'm afraid to use it. I'm like, use that shit. It's there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, amen. I mean, it's why Mark Zuckerberg made it. And you know what? I think of it, it's your house. It's your house, yes. and you're having a beautiful party. You're inspiring women. You're helping people. And if I come over and I poop on your house, you have every right to kick me out of your house. Like, it's exactly. your house. <laughs> yes. So, oh, I love this girl. Oh, my God. I've had such an yeah. amazing, amazing um, conversation with you today. And I just mm-hmm. thank you so much for opening up and being the sunshine that you are and sharing mm-hmm. these awesome tips on, on marketing and life um, with all of us. And I cannot wait to read your book. I'd better get an advanced copy. I'm so excited. Heck yes. (laughs) And uh, so where can everybody follow you and listen to your podcast and get all all your goodness? Yay. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. You guys can check me out at AngieLee.com, at AngieLeeShow on Instagram, and the Angie Lee Show on iTunes. Come check out the podcast. I'd love to meet you. Absolutely. Subscribe and uh, leave your feedback in a review. Be be one of those amazing humans that passes it on. We appreciate that <laughs> so much. We cannot do that without you. So please give back, mm-hmm. um, and that's how you can do it. So thank you again so much for being on the show. And everybody, go out and hustle and thrive. Oh, bye, guys. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.